podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode number 357 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster. And uh, Becky Foster is currently uh, indisposed. Um, she beeped at Mark, and Mark didn't take it very well. Yeah, fucking motherfucker. Uh, um, <laughs> in a cage. <laughs> nice. Um, we're expecting Becky uh, along at some point, though. Um, so, what have we got for you this week? We've got a ruddy bloody cinema review. <laughs> What the fuck? Um, yeah. And well, Mark's, exciting, isn't it? Oh, I'd say, yeah. It, yes. Yes, it is. Um, you know, to my chagrin, it wasn't showing in 4DX, so there wasn't any rumbling. But to Mark's pure joy, the new release film that welcomed us back to cinemas is Russell Crowe is Unhinged, <laughs> which needs to be the title of the film. Yeah. Um, no, actually, the title of the film needs to be Academy Award nominee Russell Crowe is Unhinged. Academy Award on. winner. He, go on. Academy Award winner <laughs> Russell Crowe is Unhinged. Colon, he can happen to anyone. That should be the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if, if, if we're not ever going to get Russell Crowe is dogs, then that's the uh, that's the least we, we can get, really, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. It, it, it's what we deserve now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we'll also um, kind of talk about our, our experiences in uh, going back to the cinema because uh, Mark and Becky went more than once. The utter, utter bell ends. Um, <laughs> and we're also going to review the Shudder original, which seems to be kind of spreading like wildfire through yeah. um, um, through Twitter. And good on them. Um, it is uh, host. Uh, we're going to be discussing host as well. Um, I don't know if we have any trailers, but we definitely have some what we watched. I'm sure we'll have some Twitter questions. First off, Andrew Lloyd Webber has joined the pile on on cats. Well, he, he can fuck right the fuck he off. He can absolutely fuck right off. Yeah, I, I, I saw his comments, uh, but it was ridiculous. Like, all oh, right. Oh, oh. So the, the stage show makes loads of fucking sense then, does it? You gargoyle-looking prick. I mean, it's the fact as well. It was like, well, the problem with it was that Tom Hooper didn't want to work with anyone involved in the stage production. (laughs) What? Yeah, but the stage production is a bunch of people dressed like cats queuing up and then singing a song about about themselves. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he probably did engage... You know, like world class dancers and choreographers and production designers and set dressers and, you know, all that, all that jazz instead of the the, the stage production crew. It just again. And I, I, I don't think I've even shared the commentary with Mark, but I refer patrons back to my commentary track of Cats, where I basically come to terms with what Tom Hooper was doing with that film. Um he had a fucking vision. He loved cats growing up. He genuinely loved cats growing up. Um, and 
it is ultimately an act of, hu- uh, of, of, of hubris which brought cats down just the i can make this yeah um but at the same time he loved the material and he want he wanted to make the best fit um fist of it i think tom hooper himself will say it's not his finest fucking hour um, but to have Andrew Lloyd Webber, who was very happy to be involved in all the fucking marketing and whatnot, um, mm. come out and say all this must be incredibly hurtful for Tom Hooper. And on a human level, I feel sorry for the guy that he's now got Andrew Lloyd Webber slagging, um, slagging him off. Andrew Lloyd Webber's become one of those people nowadays where, and I'm not a violent man, but... He's the sort of person you look at right now and you're thinking, I'd love to give you a good kick in. Yeah. You, yeah. Just, you, just, you look at him and you think, what you need is just taking down a peg or two. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, stories have been told of Tom Hooper. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of <clears throat> directorial like heresy he's probably not super super up there compared to what i'm sure some directors have done um you know william freaking he's a genius i don't think many people like the fact that he fucking shot a gun right by that fucking priest to get that reaction out of him in the end of the exorcist um yeah i mean that's just the first example that came it came to my head i mean there's a litany of directors that you can name and just think yeah they've been cancelled um Oh, and there's a few that, that people won't dare cancel. Um, so, for instance, you look at Kubrick as a for instance. You know, sure. the, the, his treatment of Shelley Duvall for The Shining is, for some reason, celebrated. When if it was, let's say, Michael Bay did exactly the same thing, it, it'd be how could this man ever work again? Now Kubrick can't work anymore because he's dead. But you can see my point is that there's a there's a there's a pick and choose in these things. I think. Yeah, no, quite. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, um, you know, poor, rich, upper class white man. I feel sorry for him. But just in terms of he loved that material for fucking decades. And then whether was whether he's always very quick to cash his check and then complain afterwards. Yeah, it just. Like, you know, we've got James Corden and Rebel Wilson, you know, I mean. The only one who seems to have had his back throughout the whole thing is fucking Jason Derulo. Derulo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is, and he has been quite, quite cool about it as Jason Derulo. And I don't really like Jason Derulo because he sings his own name all the time, and that annoys me. Mm. Um, but yeah, at least he's had the, at least had the balls to come out and go. Oh, do you know what? I enjoyed it, and I, I enjoyed watching the film. Fair enough, Jason. Do you know what oh, Jason Derulo also says? What? Milk! <laughs> See? But it, it, it does seem like now they're all coming out of the woodwork. If it would have been... If it had been exactly the same movie, exactly the same movie, but it had just landed at the right time, and it had struck a chord, and let's say that, that, that they'd have... Rather than having that initial featurette before a trailer that played it as this prestige thing, yeah. if they came out and put it out as look 
this is ridiculous and we know it's ridiculous it's supposed to be ridiculous so come and look at the ridiculousness of it all if they'd done that from the start i reckon all of these people would have been jumping around going yeah well, of course you know we, we we always meant it to be a little bit camp and it, it'd have been camp rather than crap and that's what would have happened but it's, but you've got you know, like you say, Rob Wilson, Corden, uh, Idris Elba, um, Taylor Swift just, just, just acts like it never happened. Um, but, I mean, and, you know, of course I'm defaulting to defending Taylor Swift, but yeah. but she's not saying anything. Yes. Which is fine. And, and which also, as well, Taylor Swift, this isn't a, a new thing for her. She often doesn't say a lot about a, a lot of things because she very much puts it out there and says, look, I, my opinions of things, I, I agree with other musicians voicing their opinions of things, but I personally don't want to go there with everything. You don't need my opinion on everything. If I really strongly want to voice my opinion, I will, but you don't need my opinion on everything. And it just seems like that's clever career management. You know, and... I don't see the point. I don't see a problem with that. I don't have a. I don't think she should be criticised for that for not coming out and speaking against everything. Um, so yeah, it's it does seem a little bit like the everyone's been very happy to cash the checks and then wait and then turn the knife once it's been stuck in. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, I just I can't imagine what that must feel like. Feel like to work that hard on on that thing and then. Yeah, and just be so invested in the material for as long as he was. You know, I mean, like I, I, I pile on directors quite a lot, you know, but uh, most of the time it's like they're a fucking jobber. You know, it, it's a paycheck. For, for Tom Hooper, yes, he, he bit off more than he chewed and he shouldn't have fucking done it in the first place, but he, fuck, he loved the material. And just to have the creator of the material come out and say that, like, it must hurt. That's all. Yeah, especially since it, 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 it's it's so much after it. It's like, like go away now. It's yeah. been done. He's, yeah. he's taken his kicking. Leave it now. That's it. I just, you know, the the world could be could do with being kind, and that's not that's not a kind thing. Anyway, um, have we got a? Oh, so well, um, Tom Cruise and Doug Liman have now got a two hundred million dollar commitment from Universal to make their movie in space and elon right. musk is going to produce it oh fucking hell. fine well, um i mean to be there's, fair, a, there's another one that, that needs to just go the fuck away yeah he does my you know I've, I've said an awful lot of stuff about tesla and electric cars in general there's no fucking way i'd be buying a tesla at the moment because that man's a fucking maniac um uh, and he doesn't <laughs> The whole, what's it there? Um, the, the Tom Cruise, this Tom Cruise in space movie. Yes. You know, and I am not joking, and I'm not taking the piss. I am being deadly serious here. You know, when they were sat around that table having the discussion, Tom Cruise is, as in all sincerity, and it is the right question to ask, has said, just so I know, there's no way we can shoot any of this in space, is there? <laughs> And they've gone, no. And he's gone, okay, I knew that was going to be the answer, but I had to ask the question. And then, you know, that some producer has gone, isn't there? There must be, like, a way we can shoot literally a few seconds of it 
in space. So we are the first people to shoot things in space. And gone, no, don't tell him he can become an astronaut because this film will then say, oh, yes, it will cost a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. And he will become an astronaut. <laughs> Just tell him, no. I mean, there's going to be a water cooler moment where somebody got gone, it's a shame they won't let you do that astronaut training course, but it's Tom and he'll go, you, what, what? <laughs> I mean, what I really like is that this, I really hope this ushers in an era you know, it might only be a couple of years or so, but with COVID and like trying to get people back into the cinemas of let's spend an absolute shit ton and just make the biggest fucking cinematic spectacle possible. Yeah, let's let's put the, the, the fun and the escapism back into cinema a little bit. Yeah. And go, do you know what? Do you know what? If you're going to the cinema now, you're going for a good time. Go and try and enjoy something. That's, and I'll be honest, if it is, and some people seem to think this is a bit of a doomsday scenario, but if it does become, cinemas are basically the home of big, 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 big films. Mm. And then your, your, your smaller films, like kind of like essentially go to streaming services and whatnot. There's a world in which I'm okay with that. You know, like if if this if the big screen, at least for a while, is like you say, escapism. Yeah, yeah. Let's let, let's go. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with with giving us a year or nine months where we get the steady run of um of these blockbusters that they've got left to go with. We get the occasional unhinged or a, a new mutants or a quiet place too things like that so the the the, the upper mid-budget movies we get a few of those dotted in and around and then the rest of it is peppered with fuck it let's put this reissue on let's put this reissue on let's put this reissue on and then just see how see how that see how that plays out for the next what is it it could be a point where the other bit that this could do is we could see a bit of a, a bit of a relaunch of do you know what there is an appetite for people to go and see retro screenings if we the problem that a lot of times you have with retro screenings are that they're shown three times in a week one evening screening and then two afternoon screenings yeah. midweek yeah because they can't put it on over the water set so they're going oh well nobody comes to see it it's like Oh, did nobody come and see your showing of Goodfellas at two fifteen on a Tuesday? <laughs> well, well, I'm 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 shocked. Yeah, not get, I not me down Nobody with went to the art house cinema to see Goodfellas at two fifteen on a what is that? So th- there's that. If you put six or seven screens across over a week, and then you extrapolate and go right, well, how many people are going to see My Spy on a non-school holiday? at the four screens it's got a day between yeah. Monday and Friday. Yeah. yeah. And so you've got you've got that uh, kicking out in it. So there's... It's... Cinemas, in a way, have to learn... Have to take this time to kind of like... Not adapt, but to look at... Right. What... How do we... We, we pivot slightly to make sure that we're, we're getting this maximum amount of money. I mean, 
for instance, um, Cineworld near me has just released its um, its scheduling for the rest of this of, of this week and next week. Um, and we've also got Dunkirk on IMAX. Dark Knight's going on to IMAX. Um, Notting Hill is showing. That's interesting. Uh, there's one called Blackwater Abyss. Don't even know what that is, but I might go and see it. Um, the Elvis, uh, this is it. 58 uh, um, is showing. All of the Harry Potter films. Goodfellas, Inception, uh, Terminator 1 and 2, uh, and all the Lord of the Rings movies. That's a, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Um, oh, shit, you got an American Pickle uh, next Thursday as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, uh, it will start fr- this coming Friday, yeah. Oh, is it, oh, it's just starting this Friday anyway. Um, Inception yeah. 10th anniversary comes out on the 12th. Um, oh, in IMAX. Oh, you are so fucking lucky. Oh, what the fuck? Um... Yeah, um, it's. I need our fucking Cineworld to open. I'm gonna if there's no schedule but uh, tomorrow, I think I'm gonna tweet them again and just say why, why not? Like, I mean, they'll they'll be open by Tenet. But yeah, but still, they, they you know they should be open by now. It's I mean the the thing is it's like so um. The whole like the concessions thing, you know, um, they're selling concessions. You order, you pre-order them online, and then you just pick them up, you know. And it's when you're in the auditorium, you don't have to keep your face mask on, you know. They're basically that's, gone. That, that's it. I mean, I mean, I suppose we can start getting into our, our experiences of the, the the cinema now. Um, but yeah, it was because you went to a showcase, didn't you? Yeah, so like I say, Cineworld, none of the sites in Wales are open yet. They said last week it was because of uh, local government restrictions. That ended today. So what's the excuse now? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was the staff. We went to a uh, an evening screening, but it, it didn't open until about sort of four o'clock. So they'd only had, I, I think they'd maybe had one or two other films on before we got there. Yeah. Um. The ticket scanning things weren't working, but then again, they very rarely are fully working anywhere in that city world. Um, but the, the staff did, it wasn't, it, it's not been set out the best. Okay. Is what I will say. Um, there is not adequate signage either. Uh, the, the next time when it was a bit better, but the staff seemed. A bit nervous, which I can totally get. Yeah. First day of that, uh, it, it, and they, they seemed a little bit nervous. Um, you don't have to wear masks at the moment. You do from Friday in the yep. in England. I still did anyway, just out of a courtesy for the staff. Um, and plus, it, literally, I'm walking in, and then I'm going up a big escalator, and then I'm walking round into the screen. Um, you, you know. What what's the point in me not wearing my face covering during that time when I'm going to have to from next Friday anyway? I took it off in the screening um, for the simple fact that there was nobody anywhere near where we were in in the IMAX there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
the they hadn't sent our ticket confirmation through. We had the email, but we didn't get an actual confirmation. Uh, it wasn't showing up on on the app. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Luckily, we had the the receipt which had the scannable barcode on it, so they scanned that, but we didn't know where our seat numbers were. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't oh, print God. that on it. We asked the kid where they were, and he was like, "I don't know because my system hasn't booted up yet." But just sit anywhere, and I'll come and tell you in a minute. Fuck it. What what time was this showing? Twenty past seven. Now, because this is the thing, just to the Cineworld Action Group, which kind of came about like around COVID when they started, like they they basically let a load of people go, and then they convinced them to furlough them instead. Um, they tweeted the other day, basically saying. There's been no training whatsoever. We're getting a briefing on the morning of, mm. and that's it. And all that just feels very indicative of that, because you feel oh, yeah. like one of the key things would be, even though maybe it just would be anyway, but make sure your system boots up just in case somebody needs to know where they need to sit, because it's not like it's just normal allocated seating. They literally fucking need to sit there. That's it. And so we we sat down and he, he came out and he just sort of did say, he said, are oh, you in blah? About five minutes later, I said, are oh, you in seats? Blah and blah. And we were like, all right, cool. He said, but there's nobody in those seats that you're in. So you can sit there if you'd like. I'm fine with that. Um, there's an awful lot of seats and no one's butting into those. And I don't think we're getting anybody, anybody else in. Okay. This was at half past seven and the film was due to start at 20 past seven. Yeah. Um, the, the only song they had playing and like the music that plays in the auditorium beforehand was the Living Daylights <laughs> that was playing uh... on the. <laughs> so they're going, I mean, I, this is a good song. <laughs> this is a really good song. But six times in a row, it's starting to feel a little bit like somebody's on repeat Spotify list is just going to be Living Daylights. Um, but then the film did start at 22 um, 8, so 20 minutes late. Bang, straight in the film. That'll be why. <laughs> yeah. IMAX thing came up. Lights went down. IMAX. Seat fucking thundered and juddered. The film started. <laughs> I was like, I'm fine with this. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, but the second time they seemed to have, they seemed to have sorted it out. They had a kid uh, stood at the top of the escalator saying, right, you just need to go this and here and here. And just go down here. And it was all very fine. They do still seem a little bit nervous, but I can absolutely 100% understand that. Um, pretty much everybody was wearing a mask going in. And then everyone was, once they got into the screenings, taking it off because there's adequate spacing around. And that's, that's fine. If I got there and there was someone sat, but they shouldn't be sitting anyone sat anywhere near me. So, you know, if they turn around and say, look, you have to keep your face covering on during the screen, during the screenings, fair enough, I absolutely will. But it, it, it's, there's no one near me to breathe while I'm breathing. It seems very up in the air as to what the thinking is about that, because obviously concessions, um, you know, because like if, if the government were like, no, you got to wear a face mask all the time. And then they essentially had to stop selling concessions. You imagine some cinemas would probably close again. From I had a brief chat with one of the guys that worked there and he said what they have been told is when you buy it, it is technically a concession and a takeaway. Then once you sit down with it, it then becomes an eat in. He said, so it's, it, it, it would be like if you bought a coffee 
okay. like in a takeaway cup, walked out, and then came. They decided to sit down in it. Then you wouldn't. You would need it to buy it. Then when you decided to sit down, you could take your mask off. He said, so that's the way it is. So you don't have to buy it to so take your mask off. The the social distancing is is in place, so you wouldn't need to wear a mask. He said, we should, but then he, he prefaced that by going. He, he ended that by going. That's what we've been told so far. <laughs> I mean, that does, that does, uh, you know, because like with pubs and whatnot, they said that when people sit down, so we, they don't have to wear masks. It's, if you're, for instance, that. if you're queuing at, 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 let's say Cafe Nero, only said this is a Cafe Nero straight up from, across from my work, right? Yeah. If you're, and they're only serving things in takeaway cups at the moment, because. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So if you are queuing, to get it and take it away so i would take it from cafe nero directly across my shopping mall uh, and into my store which is a 15 second walk um if i'm doing that i have to wear a mask mm. if i am taking it and sitting down i wouldn't have to <laughs> uh as, as better than that i as staff we're not we don't have to wear a mask in our store yeah, yeah. We, we are doing, the company's asked us to, and we, I completely agree with their reasoning behind it. Yeah. However, um, if I'm stood behind the perspex glass that is around my till, and it is literally just around my till, it's not around my entire till area, I wouldn't need to wear it. <laughs> it's so fucking, the ruling of it is so vague. And I was talking to a, a, a police officer at, the, at my shopping centre, and he said, the mental thing about it all is, he said, we're not, we're, we won't, we will be asking people, but we will not be policing it, as to say. Um, he said, but let's say if you had somebody come into your shop and were wearing and weren't wearing a mask, if we then saw them and asked them, are you not wearing a mask? And if they couldn't produce the medical reason why, yeah, we can find them a hundred pounds. And if you haven't asked them, can you put on a mask? We could fine you a hundred pounds. But if you have asked them, even if they haven't put one on, we can't. It's fine. I was like, this makes no sense. Police officer's response was, "How the fuck do you think we feel?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. I mean, it, it just it's. They now it, it, it's interesting how like back in March and April and whatnot, it was just like. A business is going to have to deal with it. We've got to protect things. It's like that the government have got some fucking projections about the economy and unemployment and whatnot. If they can't keep businesses open mm-hmm. and the price they have to pay is to have these fucking rules that are so fucking Kafka esque that it, it like they they manage to keep businesses open. Like I, I you know there was some gov- government advisor saying. They thought um, when schools reopen, pubs will have to close. It's like the one I'd give if the other take away. Um, but the government's now already come out and said they're not considering that as an option. It may be it, it, it's just like essentially it's going to be sporadic localized lockdowns all over the fucking place by by the sounds of it. I, I'd, I'd love it if they basically just turned around and went, right. So what we're going to do is. All weather spoons are going to become education centres. Oh, God, yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> so the bar staff, teachers, 
you will become the bar staff, Weatherspoon staff. Um, sadly, you're all on zero hour contracts, so get the fuck out. Uh, yeah. But you can't actually leave until January because we're gonna get because they're gonna get one thousand pounds for each of you. So we've got to wait till January for you to go. So you'll be working one hour a week between now and January for each of you. Teachers either get fired or you're on minimum wage. And you need to teach children whilst serving alcoholics cheap booze. Mm. It's um There will be there will be one alcoholic per ta- per table of fifteen children. Oh god. And children from lower income families, well, you might get a pedo alcoholic, but that's your fault for being poor. Would that put me past you if Johnson came out with that idea? It's fucking grim. I, I mean, this whole this it's whole the worst idea though. Uh, I mean, I, this whole potentially sealing off the inside of the M25 is something. It's fucking doomsday. It, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's literally doomsday. It, it, honestly, it is. If that happens, the in my fucking head, fucking good thing when Fry Fine Young Cannibals will start playing for eternity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's it. It's like, even though the thing is, though, Scotland will actually decide to erect that massive wall themselves. <laughs> yeah, and we'll all be rushing to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fucking. Anyway, anyway, one other thing I I um I thought news wise um as well. That whole thing about AMC and Universal agreeing the uh, reduction of the theatrical window to 17 days. Yes. Um, before we kind of loop back around to cinemas. Fucking fascinating this. And this is why I like it. So, apparently, Universal won't be allowed to say whether um, something will be going to the, to the streaming uh, until set, uh, this, until after the second weekend the film is out. So, you know, you will still have to play a bit of a calculation if you are umming and ahhing. But what it does mean, you know, people who want the big screen experience can still get it. People who are unable or unwilling to do that get to see the film within a nice period of time. What it also means, though, is that films, if this is adopted more widely... Um, films will burn through cinemas quicker which will hopefully mean that may, maybe actually your smaller films do get a bit more of a, uh, a a time to shine um i i think it's a it's a really really good compromise it's the best of both worlds i think you will still get people who will go i'm not paying fucking 15 pounds um to see that at home but I will, me and the missus will have a date night go into the pictures. Yep. Um, you know, I could, I could see people, you know, going to the cinemas still being a bit of an outing for people. I can see that. But in the COVID times, it means, like I say, that people who are unwilling to go to the cinema will be able to see these films within a couple of weeks, not feel like they, they're missing out and that the studios can actually put their product out. It, That's it. It's a, yeah. There's a yeah you see there's a best of both worlds um, thing with this in the sense that um, that it's not gonna happen for every it, it, they're saying every film or it's available for every film but they're not saying it's going to be every film that isn't it yeah so you know 
your fast nines will probably play for a fair few months. Yeah. And then when when it's died down, Universal can just go, yeah, all right, then it'll be on VOD next week. Well, that's it. It's I think there's, there's, it, it's always baffled me the the whole you know it loses its cinema. I, I, I suppose there's there's a double logic to it um, in the sense of the idea is that people go to see it at the cinema and then they get four or five months and then it comes back out and then they buy it was was the idea. But the the problem is that was based upon a um, you know, the, the, we, we've often said that the, the idea of owning a movie isn't as old as you would think. You know, it, it's a you're talking early 90s it, it is when it was it was possible for your average person to buy and own a movie. Um, you know, bank, you know, the first like widely freely available movies were that weren't like 80 pounds or you know 100 dollars was things like batman yeah you know, you're talking 88 and so you're talking from from that era there so it, it's not that old a thing it's only like 30 odd years which you know yeah 30 years is a long time but it, in the grand scheme of things it's not that long we've gone through an awful lot of formats as well but five years ago that changed you know the your movie consumption 10 years ago was cinema and DVD. Um, 15 years, well, 20 years ago, it was cinema and VHS. 25 years ago, it was cinema and TV. Um, Now, it's cinema and streaming. Um, And yet, people do rent a lot more. You know, renting's made a comeback uh, because renting was a big thing from, you know, the, the, the... 70s right through to um the uh sorry, the, 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 mid, the late, mid to late 70s right through to you know the, the late 90s um mm. renting a movie was a thing it's now become a thing again but there is a, a whole new generation of, of not even just film fans but average joe film watchers who if a movie doesn't exist on a free streaming service it might as well not exist you know, it's not the idea of paying for a movie outside of a cinema is is alien to them. It makes no sense. So there's got to be a level of where by um, the these, this has got to change. It's got to move a little bit. The, the, the releasing schedule, this is the kick up the ass. Hollywood always needs a bit of a kick up the ass with things. Um, and, you know, that's. This is where it maybe needs to sort of look at it and go, right, Bloodshot, a prime example, for instance. Yeah, fuck it. Let it have two weeks at the cinema and then go, right, after fucking six weeks. So it can have it can have two weeks, boom, at the cinema, two weeks of uh, at the cinema and then bang, two weeks later, fuck it. There you go. It's on the side of buses and it's out available for you to buy our premium rent. There you go. Yeah. Things like that. They're not going to do it with the new Fast and Furious, but it will mean that they can go a little bit like with something um, that is mid-budget and go American Pickle, for instance, is an, is an idea. What is it? And go, should we chance it? Fuck it, let's give it two weeks. See if it goes. See where the buzz is, and then we will just put it on. What is it? And give it a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. They don't chance the next few. 
but if one works, more get chanced. And it, it, it runs like that. And, and yeah, yeah. they need to see where people land with the cinema. Where, where, where how many people are comfortable with going to the cinema? Luckily, the, the, the two screens that I went to over the weekend, both were, you know, were for the times they were, you know, they they had enough people in there. They were, you know, they, they seemed to be enough people milling about in them. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was trying to. I, I wanted to see whether um, the, the the first figures from the weekend had come out yet, because I'm very intrigued to see how um, how Unhinged did. But um, it's no, it's not on, up on screen daily yet, by the looks of it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think. Oh, hello. No, it is. Unhinged drives UK and Ireland box office forward with 263% top spot surge. So um, I mean, it did 175 grand. Um, which isn't great. Um, no, but um, several sites still to report. And to be fair, Odeon's not got a lot of places open. Cineworld's England only. View haven't reopened yet. Um, no. yeah, I mean, Screen Daily are saying while a location average of seven hundred pound is still down on pre-coronavirus times, distributors and exhibitors will see this as a sign that there is potential for new titles to bring in money, despite many cinemas still being closed. A representative from Altitude said it's bittersweet to herald a number one film at the box office during such uncertainty and hardship, but as cinemas continue to reopen with social distancing measures in place, we hope that audience excitement for watching films on the big screen and in safe environments contribute to further confidence in the cinema experience. Yeah. You know, fair enough. Um, and it's, uh, Oh, bloody our Proxima only did 21 grand. Um, I mean, it's, it's a long old way, you know, um, and people need to get used to the idea of cinemas being open again. Um, Tenet will be fucking fascinating. Yeah, the, the two movies that I'm hearing most chatter about from people that aren't film fans that I have interactions with are Tenet and A New Bond. Yeah, and yeah, makes the, sense. The, the only tra- there was two trailers played before my screening of Unhinged, uh, Tenet, and a black and white release of uh, Parasite. Nice. Uh, that was released uh, on the 24th of July. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Why would they be? Mm, that's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I swear it said a special one-off, one-off event, 24th of July. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> that must... Wow, that must have been when they were planning on reopening originally. Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. I, I, I was saying to Vex, you know when... At Cineworld, when you get all those trailers come off and it, it, it fires all in white... The white Cineworld font, all the films that are, that are coming up. I said, what they should have, some of their marketing literally should have had the original print of what everything that was on there and just a load of red Sharpie just crossing it all out and just leaving like five there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God. Yeah, what's that? God, what's the new one of that going to be? It's, it's going to be like coming for the rest of the year. It, Fuck knows. It, it's currently, it is um, Mulan. <laughs> Wonder Woman, Tenet, and Bond. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, um, and, 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 and A Quiet Place 2. But, I mean, A Quiet Place 2's been pushed. Um, I mean, fucking, um, 
bloody antebellum just got pushed as well. It's weird. It's like like cinemas are kind of reopening, and Tenet it looks like looks like it's going to hit. Um, but after that, what 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 actually is there? Um, we'll have New Mutants. Yeah. But then there's really nothing. Um, Bond is still November. To be honest, I think even if the US is still bad in November, I think Bond launches. Doesn't Bond doesn't need the US. The US is a very very nice thing to have for Bond, but that that thing is a, a worldwide thing. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, like Skyfall did like over a hundred million uh, over here alone. Um, but we'll we'll see. So scheduled uh, at the moment, 14th of August, uh, the new Secret Garden movie. Oh, wow. That's still on the schedule, eh? Apparently, yeah. The week after we have... That must be going into there. That's a straight to what, is it? Uh, we have... No. I think, the, I think there's nothing the week after, currently. And then it's Tenet. Then it's New Mutants, and then it's Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, of course. Thing is, you'd like to think if there's been a few weeks of uh, of cinemas having like decent releases and whatnot, maybe Disney will say, right, Mulan September. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kingsman. Oh, King- Kingsman's mid September. That's right. Mid September. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, if Mulan's like September, October, uh, then you've got Black Widow and Bond, because Black Widow hasn't moved yet. Well, Wonder Woman's 2nd of October. Yeah. Uh, and then Candyman's 16. Okay, yeah. So there's still there's, there's stuff there. There's product. Yeah. Fuck it. And you, you, could see, you could see things kind of like shuffling about. I mean, it would be a lovely sign of confidence if maybe a couple things moved back from 2021 to 2020, which could happen. Um, June's still planned for Christmas. Um, we'll see yeah. how that goes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting time. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we are now, like, we're off to the races. But I'm just looking here, and apparently on the uh, 18th of December, there's Dune coming to America. So that's coming to America. Uh, and West Side Story are all due out on the 16th. Mm, that's Second of my chance to cut Christopher Plummer into West Side Story by the time that comes out. Fucking, I tell you what. There must be a tiny little part of Steven Spielberg that's like, I'm kind of glad Ansel Elgort got shouted out from the news. Like, yeah. that, even though that's going to, as soon as the trailer for that drops, that's going to rear its head in a big Oh, old... yeah. It'll be Ansel Boycott. Yeah. Mm. Cancel Ansel. Cancel Ansel. Oh, I like that. I mean, that should make sense now. I'm all for it now. Absolutely. Um, so swinging back round quite a loosey-goosey show this but um swinging back round to um cinema experiences i was really really impl- impressed by showcase walked in and 
uh, uh, woman who I assume was the manager. She was kind of dressed in nicer clothes than the rest of them. And um, one of one of the staff were kind of talking. They were like, oh, hi, have you, um, you know, have you pre-booked your ticket? It was like, yeah, I got it on my phone. OK, cool. If you've got if you've ordered concessions, you just need to stand over there. Otherwise, uh, you know, just go on through. So I go through and then the guy, this guy, bless him, he had a face shield on. I couldn't hear a fucking word he was saying. Um, but that's me, more me than him, I think. Um, but I had my ticket on my phone. Um, there was a scanner thing that I beeped and then he had like some sort of like iPhone app thing that went, okay, yeah, you're in screen seven, go on through hand sanitizer all over the place. And then when, when it got in, like the pre-roll was like maintain social distancing, wear your mask as much as possible, which is interesting because in Wales, like the rules aren't changing on Saturday. The Welsh government are weirdly, less sure on masks um you've got to wear um no you don't have to wear them inside i can't even remember anymore i don't think you have to wear them in inside shops here or do you i do anyway so it doesn't really make a difference no 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 you don't actually no you don't no you definitely don't it's public transport public transport you definitely do that came in last monday and i tell you what the difference was mental um that just everybody had them on at that point um but yeah so but they 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 had all that stuff like i say hand sanitizer all over the place and there was a one-way system which i forgot about so i walk out the regular way and this guy comes running over to me he was like i'm sorry sir you've got to go that way and then out through the fire doors i was like yeah I'm, i'm so sorry mate he was like it's all right we're all getting used to it and it was you know um so <clears throat> But no, it was fine. And the ticketing system as well, when I booked my seats online, you could there were two seat blocks. Yes. So I don't know if you're a family going to see something. I'm not entirely sure how that would work, but it's probably the right thing to fucking do. You know, so um, there there was only um, a few groups of people and me there, but we were all fucking perfectly far away from each other. honestly i was already feeling pretty confident because i knew that cinemas were like we can't have anything fucking happen here um but this that that gave me more of an indication of that and the staff seemed to know what they were fucking doing so fair play it'll be interesting when cineworld reopens here it'll be interesting to see with like being a delay between my one opening and your one kind of where we're at compared to where you're at that's it yeah um it, it, it was already better the second time we went okay they'd already they'd already kind of like just sorted the shit out and do you know what i think part of it is just the sheer um the sheer nerves of it um, yeah I, I i can absolutely get that because I, I i was like when we first opened and i changed sort of like within like a, a week because you are kind of for the staff, lockdown didn't finish two months ago like it did for me. It finished yeah. a day before, probably. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I, I don't know. It's like you can't be complacent, but it is okay out there. That's it. It's, um, yeah, I... 
Like I, I'm, I'm having a wet face covering all, all day at work and I have no problem with that. It's a pain in the ass, but I have no problem with the, the, with it being a pain in the ass. I can see the point. Yeah. Um, and, but I think you just, you start to get used to things and I'm very much used to things. So it becomes very obvious when you see people that aren't. And it's like, oh, oh yeah. I, I need to just kind of chill the fuck out here because it's been... I've been interacting with people for six weeks, but well, for two months now, and these people haven't. This might be the, this might be the third time they've been out in the past couple of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really important to bear in mind. Um, so, in terms of the recording, we're over an hour in. Should we do a review? I, I've got I've got two trailers quickly. Oh shit! All right, let's do some trailers. What have we got? got? Uh, I have. Do I have two? Yeah, I have two. So, I have the trailer for Honest Thief. It's the Liam Neeson in a Liam Neeson movie that he said he wasn't Liam Neeson anymore. Um, huh. And he, he is. He, it's called Honest Thief, where he plays a thief that has been robbing banks for 10 years, has never been caught, and nobody knows who he is. But he meets a girl, so he decides to turn himself in so that just in case they ever do find out who he is, he makes a deal by handing back all the money he's got left um, for a reduced sentence. But right. what would you have it? Sam Worthington is a dirty cop and decides to steal the money off him. <laughs> and then a Liam Neeson film happens. <laughs> well, that sounds fucking incredible. Yeah, it sounds really 7 out of 10, and I can't wait to see it in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, oh, I can't wait to see everything in the cinema now. Yeah. And the other one uh, was a movie called Kajillion Air. Oh, the Miranda July one. I haven't caught up the trailer yet. Yeah. yeah, how is it? I couldn't even make it through the trailer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I couldn't even make it through the fucking trailer. Within seconds of the trailer, the third start, and I just went, oh. Nope. <laughs> And then I went, oh, fuck off again. And then I went, oh, Richard Jenkins. And then I went, oh, fuck off, Richard Jenkins. And then Evan Rachel Wood started talking. And I went, oh, just no, just go away. And actually didn't even just close the app. I closed it and refreshed the app just in case for some reason. <laughs> That's how much it had annoyed me. Wow. Okay. So like, no, but get to fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that. <laughs> that was my interaction with that. <laughs> okay, very good. Um yeah, not one you'll be seeing. Right, no. yeah, Miranda July is interesting. I quite liked me and you and everyone we know. And then I saw the future at LFF and utterly met by it. And she kind of feels like one who just slightly disappeared. But it's been get it's been getting some good word as Kajillionaire, but it's the kind of thing it's the kind of enterprise that I hear is getting good work and I know that Mark won't stand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's that. It's it'll be it'll be liked by a bunch of people that I could already pick out right now will like it and will claim it's amazing and it will have me going okay but why yeah yeah and they won't be able to give me a single logical answer and all in the back of my mind will be going going as both a a devil on my shoulder and a little fucking angel on my shoulder will be saying exactly the same thing. The devil will be going, Mark, Mark. Okay, yeah, yeah, do you going to go tell it what sabotage? They'll be going, 
you should start watch Sabotage. And the angel are going, Mark, you like Sabotage. You can't comment on these things. And that is what goes on constantly on my shoulders. <laughs> and I'll be honest, what... the devil guy looks cooler. <laughs> I just remembered what we're doing next week. <laughs> um... Fuck. Um... Okay, so Academy Award nominee Russell Crowe is unhinged, colon, he can happen to anyone, is directed by Derek Bort and stars Russell Crowe, Karen Pistorius and uh, Jimmy Simpson. Um, So, unhinged is the story of a young mother who is having a rather rough day, played by Karen Pistorius, um, who... You know, things are kind of getting to her and she gets to a stoplight. It turns green and the truck in in front of her doesn't go. She beeps at that truck a couple times. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Russell Crowe's in that truck and he's a bit ticked off. He asks for an apology. She says, I've got nothing to apologize for. And um, he proceeds to make her day a very, very bad one. As he says, at one point, your psychiatrist is asking to move your session to Wednesday. She better be on her A game because you're going to fucking need it. I fucking knew you'd love that line. Like, clapped. I clapped. I don't blame you. It was that, wasn't it? It was like, yep. she's she's got to be on, she best, she she best be on her A game. Because she's going to fucking need it. Yeah, that was it fucking incredible and the way he says it as well yeah um <laughs> mark what do you think of unhinged i i got on with unhinged i however explained to becky how i could make it a much much better movie quite easily mm. uh not just a better movie, but a, a more balanced movie, a better flow of movie, and make the characters more interesting. And I'll come to that later. Um, I think I'll go through it, it, its faults firstly. Um, it's it's way too. It's trying to tell a story. It's trying to get a message across, which is that um, that everyone is getting angrier. And that because people are getting angry, people are unwilling to admit ever that they're wrong and apologise for anything, which is making people even angrier. And the idea is that rather than going angry as your first response, you should start to maybe look at, do you know what? I don't know how bad. Let's take, the, for instance, the, 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 the stop. He's stopped there and she's behind him. The light goes green. And she does do a full-blown beep tap. And the reality is, he's right. She should do a courtesy tap, right? So I agree with him on this. And the key point of that is, he apologises for being a bit zoned out, right? So the whole point there is, is should you... The message it's trying to get across is, just think about your actions, because you don't know how bad a day the person is in front of you is having. However, the message for that goes out of the window because 
no matter how bad a day that person's having, they then shouldn't <laughs> go around and stab people. <laughs> right? I, I, so, yeah. I, I'm fine with that. However, let's get into the... Oh, and the other point is, this movie is a little bit too in love with the idea of traffic accidents. There's an awful lot of them. And it's literally... There's bits in it where you're going, I mean... Does everybody drive at 60 mile an hour in America? Because that was there for a while. They had enough time to stop. <laughs> Take away all that. Russell Crowe is great and growly and sweaty. And Becky said, he looks a little bit like he's got some John Goodman vibes. And I was like, yeah, but he's not John Goodman. He's John Badman. Because he's got that. He's, he's very big in it, isn't he? Um I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I honestly thought at one point with him taking those pills and whatnot that his come, he was going to have a heart attack while, like, when, before he was going to give, like, the killing blow and he was just going to fucking die of a heart attack. Yeah, it, it, it's... Like, he's big. I, I, I love his... I, I love his literal just, just the fact that he gets so angry and he, just see him, but he's very growly and he's sweating all of the time. And he's just, he's, I like the fact that he has zero fucks left to give now at all. He literally gets called and says, I'm fine with suicide by a police force. And, all right, all right, mate. I, I, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I admire the moxie with which you are doing it with. <laughs> You have very much leaned into this and you seem to be kind of going, do you know what? I should have done this a while ago. I like this. I mean, um, I mean uh, yeah. Well, and I, 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 sorry, go on, go on. Um, and then um, I, I will get more into it. I'll, I'll give, give your thoughts on it. Uh, and then I realised in the um, constant shots of um, Karen Pistorius um, driving, her feet driving, that she was wearing those Converse that don't have the laces on, that just have the tongue and the Velcro at the side of them, uh, rather than actually having laces, and then decided, no, she fucking deserves all of this. (laughs) So, from that point, I was fine. (laughs) I mean, it's it's an interesting film, because, you know, like, the best, like, genre films take real-world concerns and amp, like just multiply them by a hundred um and you know the opening titles it's this very serious kind of like starts off with like a radio show saying oh monday morning everyone's got the blues oh, yeah, i need three cups of coffee to get by and by the end of by the end of the credits it was basically the whole world's going to shit and like some people just like to watch the world burn um and it, it's got this very serious like a kind of tone to it throughout the whole thing but then it's got weirdly satisfyingly crunchy kills even if it like most of it happens to like perfectly good people it's very odd like that poor fucker that poor guy from the petrol station um (laughs) yeah you know like Man, that guy did not deserve that. But the timing of it is a proper like, oh, you know, and you get 
some lizard brain enjoyment from it. You get lizard brain enjoyment from Russell Crowe being this bizarre one man force of retribution whose one encounter with the police in the entire film ends with him burning someone alive and then pushing his the flaming screaming man taped up in a chair towards the copper the rest of the time (laughs) the police are barely there i mean i you know a lot of the film doesn't make sense they activate the silent alarm in the grandma's house a where the fuck's the grandma b that silent alarm causes like three police cars oh i i I know where the grandma is where the grandma's been taken into assisted living and that's the house that they're going to sell oh shit yeah okay no you're right you're right okay thank you um but yeah it's this film that it kind of seems to want to have its cake and eat it in being this quite serious minded committed social thriller with russell crowe honestly putting in a really really good performance like he's very very good in this um yes well also wanting to deliver some kind of nasty thrills as well it's the kind of film that probably wouldn't be in city i mean it says a lot that it came up saying a sky cinema original at the put at the start um and yet covid has meant this happens um it's um but yeah i, I didn't hate it i did i didn't hate it i had a good time watching it felt a bit dirty after yeah well that's that's it 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 it, it, it has that uh, i think bex is about to join us you have to take him downstairs first okay. um so uh yeah I, that, I can absolutely see that it's like you say it, it, it's got it, there's an element of like i think with all good genre films of do you know what? I shouldn't be enjoying this, um, but I kind of am. And then I think if it doesn't click with you. You aren't enjoying those bits. You won't enjoy it because there's an awful lot. I actually saw this film has three separate editors, okay. which for a 93 minute movie, that's an awful lot of editors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's. I mean, here's, here's I'll, I'll, I'll let because I think Bex came back in a second. Her cool. um, her thoughts on it because I because she wasn't as much of a fan. Um, and I'll, I'll say how I would make it a much better, more balanced movie. But I do I do enjoy just how how nasty Crow gets in those moments, but seems to be kind of just getting off on how on, on the fact that he's enjoying this. Bex, you're back in the room, aren't you? Has our locksmith fixed our door? Yeah. That that did not fill me with confidence. It opens. Does it not close? It closes. Is it not lock? It's just very crunchy. When you press the handle, it makes a lot of crunchy noises. Is it a new handle? No, he didn't have any handles. She told him that the lock was broken. The lock wasn't broken, that's fine. No. So, I mean, it opens and closes. Is he going back to fix it properly? He basically said it needs an all, it needs a new gearbox and handle, really. Yeah, we know. Um, so it's on, on air, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> but as it stands, it works. I said, well, I can't make that call. 
to be fair. Right. So you'd need to relay that to Jane. Cool. Um, unhinged. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an odd one. I. I don't, what? Oh, just briefly summarise your guys, you guys' thoughts on it. Yeah. Ian, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, I had a good time watching it. Felt a bit dirty after. <laughs> Fair enough. The thing is, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not a, a good film because it's not not a good film. But I didn't enjoy it. There was certain points that I enjoyed, um, but overall, it, it I don't mind gore and and violence in movies. I quite enjoy it, but it was just too it was too much for me for the most part. It's it's the most 1815 I've seen in a while. Is that 15? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like the BBFC have gone, the real world is a much scarier place than anything you can put on film, so nothing will ever be an 18 ever again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The thing is, I, I feel like I get what message they were trying to convey, which is that we have so much access to information and and stuff like that and platforms for expressing our rage that we are all just now massive balls of rage i get that that's what they were going for but i feel like by making russell crow he's not just a normal guy that happens to get pissed off and he, he flies off the handle he's he's um he's a he's a nut job that's just killed his wife and her new partner and burned the house down so like he's he's not just this he's he's just been having a bad day and because this was mark's argument yesterday um was that you know you never know what kind of day somebody's having well he's not having a bad day a bad day hasn't happened to him he has gone and done a nut so fucking thing and he's on the run from the police. Like that's that's not even remotely the same thing. I don't even think he's on the run from the police. I just think they ha- I think he's just getting on with his day, and they just haven't caught him yet. Yeah, but, yeah, but he knows that they're after him. He knows he's on borrowed time, really, didn't he? Yeah, but I, I, I don't think he's on the run. Now this is my issue with with the film is it opens up with that scene and we get zero context as to what's happened in his relationship. Mm. There's not enough character build there. So I would and like say, like I said to you, the only bit of kind of backstory you do get for him is when um, is it Freddie, the brother, is talking over it, trying to sort of shout to his girlfriend. So there's a news report in the background, kind of explaining yeah something, um, but you don't you can't hear it. Sorry, carry on. Um, so yeah, so I think it'd be better if they fleshed out that. If you take the so if you I, I, weirdly I, I'm a, and a very rare I say this an extra ten minutes of character development mm. for not only Russell Crowe's character but Karen Starris' character as well because she seems a bit like a dick in it. I don't get that. You said that yesterday, and I don't get how she comes off as a dick. Like she genuinely is having a bad day. That's kind but, of but 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 a lot of that seems to be you know her bad day is. She gets fired by one of her clients because, and her client says that she's gone flaky since what is it? Mm. And so, and she is running late. Mm. And she says when she, at the first time when she falls asleep on the when she wakes up on the couch that she didn't set an alarm. Mm. And it's like right, but 
if somebody, if one of my employees comes into me on a morning at half past nine and I go, you started work at nine o'clock, mate. And he goes, yeah, I didn't set an alarm last night. Like, right, well, that's your fucking fault. And if part of that is that she's got to get a kid to school before that as well. And she's persistently making him late because he says free tardies is a automatic detention mm. and he's getting the detention. Straight away there, you know this is a persistent thing that happens. Yeah, but I think she's not meant to be a dick. I think she's just supposed to be a bit of a play. Right. Then get your shit together. Mm. And she should apologise. I don't think she really deserves No, I'm, I'm not for saying she deserves it for all of that. She deserves it for the converses. But I'm not saying she deserves it for all of that, right? But, right, all of this could be solved by, A, her, her actually being a responsible person... <laughs> And getting up on time, and you know my feelings about people being late. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, if when Crow gives her the opportunity, when he apologises for being a bit zoned out, gives her the opportunity to just say, "Look, sorry, yeah, I should have been the courtesy tap, and I apologise," all would have been fine. But no. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with the courtesy no, tap. No, courtesy. What What happens if he had a heart attack? If he had a heart attack at the wheel there. And she's there, braying on her fucking horn. This is the thing. It's you don't know how bad a day or what's happened to the person in front of you. But he's not having a bad day. No, but she, she murdered no, some people. But she doesn't know that. It's... You don't stop someone if someone's sat at the traffic lights and hasn't gone. You don't think, I better pop at this person because it's not my fault they've just murdered their wife and a new partner. You think, what's going on here? And so you do give it a little bit of a beep beep. It was a. I'll give Crow his credit. It's a good courtesy tap. It does do a good. It does do a cur- example. Yeah. Even though it's a little hand that he does. It, it was. It was well balanced, right? You don't just hammer your fucking horn down. Yeah. That's a dick move. Be fair. I don't think that would work on most cars. It does work on most cars. Does it? Because like, I, I feel like because I, I don't use our horn in our car. I don't agree with using horns in cars. Well, actually, it's technically legal for a car. Well, yeah, but. I, people use them I, I just find it really rude in general I, I, i'll be honest i use it occasionally well, that's you're it's kind of rude no i'm not rude in the car i'm a very courteous driver you actually use the fucking horn though yeah if someone's been a prick i'll use the fucking horn I, 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 I don't know i mean like i'll use the horn if like i feel like someone needs to pay attention to something in front of me like if i was her i probably wouldn't have been like yeah, but i probably would have been like I use it when people. Um, I'd have just revved at him. I use it when people drive by. And, you know, when you let people let someone by you, hmm. and they go by, and you've you've let that person by, and they don't wave at you. That's when I use my fucking horn. See, that's uh, that's an unnecessary use of the horn. I don't care. That's you just being. No. That's you using the horn to tell someone off. Yeah, I know. That's what it's there that's for. Not what it's there for. <laughs> it's literally not what it's there for, Mark. <laughs> it's what mine is there for. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I I feel like you have to press quite hard on the horn. No, you don't. Do not. No, you don't. I mean, I would. I have no experience. Well, then, 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 then you are. I'm not a dick. You're horn illiterate, then. Also, as well, take that that initial opening bit. Don't have it at the start of the movie. Yeah. Have the first introduction to Crow being him pulling up at the side of her. And that is when we get introduced to Russell Crowe. It's him pulling up at the side of her. You can then, because then you get a sympathy thing of, right, this guy's clearly having a bad day. What's going on? 
you get the confrontation that he has with the lawyer later on where he's saying about you know getting screwed over by lawyers and you start to think all right what's happened today but then when you want to go you want to take that sympathy a little bit away from him you throw it in when you're doing a little bit of backstory into why it's this mm. and you go bang have that behind the news report instead of freddie fucking shouting to his girlfriend yeah instead of instead of yeah because I, I feel like he got fired, he got a workplace injury, then he got he got laid addi- off. Addi- wouldn't what they try to cover opiate addiction gets laid off by workplace injury. He's also it mentions that he um, the, the in one of the little news reports that um, he had a, a problem with um, prescription drugs. Substance abuse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he had that. So you've got you've got general anger, you've got road rage, you've got substance opiate addiction you've got all these things being thrown in together but the problem is the director is more interested in crunching car things all around Mm -hmm. and that is a bit of an issue with it. my complaints with it that i said to you last night was a there is literally there's no nuance to his character he's just he's a tool of destruction and i like that no because people people aren't like that russell crowe's like that there's no escalation there's no like he follows her for a bit and makes her feel a bit intimidated after the incident he goes straight to fucking driving up beside her and then when she tries to turn off what spinning around in the fucking road and staring menacingly at her until she can cross the flow of traffic there's no escalation in one of 2020's best scenes he goes from zero to full-blown fucking psychopath in a scene it, I mean, it is autobiographical, though, we have to remember. And, I mean, there's no one better to essay Russell Crowe than Russell Crowe. <laughs> so if he says he goes from zero to 100, he goes from zero to 100. Yeah. Um, I just, I love that Russell Crowe has now gone, what performances let me eat? And, <laughs> l- like, how, and the thing is, though, he I mean, and I'm not. I'm not. In this movie. I'm not. I'm not saying that to be cruel. Like the dude is obviously living his best life in his way, and I respect that. You know, and if he feels like piling on the pounds to take on this kind of role, that's cool. Because if it was a leaner Russell Crowe, it wouldn't be half as effective. No, like wouldn't. that fucking scene where it's like he bursts through the door, and it's like the door just explodes. There's a bit. A, the, the, I, I think with Crow, I, I think this is this is Russell Crow putting a bit of weight for it. But you know, he, he's like you said. I think he's just enjoying life. I, I do think that with Russell Crow, if a role came up that called, that meant he had to lose a lot of weight, he'd lose a lot he'd of weight. He'd just not take the role. He had to lose quite a bit of weight for nice guys, though. He's did you see big in that though? Did you see the um, the thing that he put out for? Do you remember when he was like ripped in Gladiator? That yeah. seems like an age ago. Did you see ball. the thing that he he put out um, in an interview with um, I think BBC something um, when he got talking about the nice guys and said you know that there was a sequel muted um, and it was he said he said I, I said I'm not gonna tell you what happened or any of the stories that happened but we had a title. <laughs> like, I, okay, anyway, so let's just see if you like the title. It was going to be called Nice Guys 2 Mexican Detectives. <laughs> and he was like, and he just straight away just goes, Imagine how much fun Ryan would have 
with that character in Mexico. <laughs> I need to rewatch the nice guys. We rewatched it this year, didn't we? And it is absolute. It is. I think it might be a perfect film. Yeah. Um. And it's 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 outrageously funny. Back back to what Go I was going to say before when we were talking about Russell Crowe's aesthetic. Um. There's a bit in in a Stephen King book. Um. Where it's basically this woman who's running away from her abusive husband. Um. And he's chasing her. And um, it, it describes him like she she dreams about him finding her and stuff like that. And it describes him as being like a bull, like hunched over and breathing heavily. And that is exactly what when he bursts through that door and he's all hooked over and like that's what it made me think of. It always does when it's when it's guys in that kind of yeah get up. But yeah, it 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 made me think of that he was he was like a bull just ready to fucking charge at whatever was in front of him. Yeah, and I liked that about him.
I wouldn't have this. <laughs> no, you don't really shame them, like, the moral stuff. See, the thing is, I I looked at it earlier and I was like, what would where, where would I land on it? And I, for me, it was like definitely not a shit because it's not a shit film. It's not a badly made film. That's your touching badly... cloth then with it. But it's no because I don't think it's. I just because I don't like it. Just because I don't like the fact that for what the the vast majority of the middle chunk of the film it's just cars fucking smashing into each other which makes me uncomfortable in movies anyway um and people getting just killed and burned and fucking stabbed and just because i didn't like it don't make it a bad film fair enough i'm definitely not shit just because I didn't think it was... I, I actually quite enjoyed it. I like the fact that... You fucking sociopath. I like the fact that... I'll get to the point. The fact that she... That he gives the opportunity to pick somebody and gives her a list of people to pick. <laughs> and then she picks the hairdresser. He's like, and oh, why does this person deserve to die? And she's like, because she fired me. He's like, oh, I bet no fault of your own. And the fact that she actually thinks that he's going to go and... What is it? And not just go for one of the people that he's said. The only way that bit of that woman coming out of her house would have been more perfect if she had a tiny dog. Yeah. But I I, I was happy that it, that, it, that it went for the, the brother and the what is it rather than the mother angle. That would have been a bit weird. Mm. I had more fun with the brother. I didn't like him. Oh, I quite liked him. I didn't. didn't. What, what was wrong with Freddy? didn't like him. Why? What? Why? He seemed like a prick. I think as well, it tries to paint him as a bit of a moocher, but like he's just working from home, and she no, told not. him that. Yeah, yeah, he's no, he's not. So, his fucking computer, he's probably playing fucking Fortnite and getting baked. I don't think he. Oh, although he does say that he's got weed. There you and go. The, and he looks baked. And the son does talk about the Fortnite strategies they both developed. Yeah. But he's like, oh, well, no, he's a bit old for it, isn't he? Yeah. So there you go. So no, fuck Freddy. Glad he got burned alive. He didn't. He, well, he did get. He burned did alive, get burned alive. But he was still alive after. Yeah, he died. In the end credits. Wasn't well, it? Um... Girlfriend was horrible. It essentially, made him stab her. Well, there you go. Then. Russell Crowe's not responsible for that one. The, the, the character in Manhunter in Red Dragon was called Freddy as well, wasn't he? The the one who um, gets burnt alive and down the. Oh, the Seymour Hoffman one. In Red Dragon, I can't remember who it was who plays him in the other one. I want to say it was Farina. I think it was, yeah. Fucking Manhunt is a great movie. I've got that on blue. Just got to, we've got to finish the Patreon reviews so we can start the. Uh, oh yeah. Freddy Lounge. Freddy Lounge, yeah. Yeah, it, it was for Farina, was it? Uh, oh, no, so it wasn't Farina. It was. Mm. Fuck. Bad Dreef. Brad DeRiff was... Really? No, hang on. Farina was, Stephen, was Lang. His... Stephen Lang, sorry. Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang. Yeah. And Farina was, is his... Boss? I think it is, yeah. In Manhunter, yeah. Man, he's definitely in Manhunter, isn't he? <laughs> Pretty off fucking base if he's not. No, he, he is because he's he's very good friends with... Um, he's a Mac. fan of man. Yeah. But he's... he's he was in Thief, wasn't he? Yeah, he's Jack Crawford in it. Yeah, he is Crawford. Yeah, all right. He was um, he was in Thief, and he was a technical advisor on Thief, wasn't it? Because he uh, Dennis Farney used to be a detective in the Chicago PD. Yeah. 
Yeah. And was part of their, like, fucking elite hit squad. What a fucking career. Fascinating, man. It's a fucking loss, that was, eh? Fucking was, yeah. Because he was always one of the best things in everything he turned up in. Yeah, he was. He was. Um... Uh, it's definitely not shit. Good. Yeah. Very lean. Grim. Russell Crowe, very, very good in it. Well, and I'm... that line that I mentioned earlier on that Becky wasn't here for, probably my favourite line of the year so far. Yeah. Is it the tinges of fuck you in your voice bit? Or... No, but the tinges no. of fuck you in your voice bit were really good. It was a good one as well, actually. Go on, which I, one? I did like that, but no, it was uh, your, psych- your, your psychiatrist has moved your session to Wednesday. She best be on her A game because you, you're going <laughs> to fucking need it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, anyway, right. Well, that's the thing as well. That makes him completely unsympathetic. The fact that he's really fucking enjoying it. I like that. I also liked his line of, 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 of if it makes you feel any better, I got shot in the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the, uh, the I, tinge- I want to know what happened to the woman. The woman that he stole the car off. We never found out what happened to her. Ah, uh, should have been right. Yeah. Originally written with Nicolas Cage in the leading role, but the actor turned it down. Interesting. <laughs> What the what fuck is. does Nicolas Cage turn down that Russell Crowe says <laughs> yes Cage to? turned it down. If he was like, no, everyone always makes fun of me for being like over the top and weird in my roles. I'm not doing another one that I'm going to have to do that for. No. No, I, I guarantee you. This it... would be a very much less understated performance if Nick no. Cage was doing it. The only reason why he turned it down is because Cusack had the wig that week. <laughs> oh, that is mean. That's true, though. Um... The audience, Paul. Oh, yes. I am, I, I am fucking gobsmacked at this. <laughs> Definitely not shit. 71%. Wait. Touching cloth, 14%. And shit, 14%. Go on. The thing is, I can see an argument for all of those ratings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can exactly. Oh. Deary me. Um, right. You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day-glow sentimentality? To try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context? Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you will will not not find find that here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you will will not not find find that that here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you you will will not not find find that that here. here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. 
In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's let's do host. Let's do host. I want to talk host. Um, so this is a Shudder original. Um, fifty six minutes long, but does feel substantial enough to be a film. Quite frankly, I think. Uh, I think there's enough going on. Uh, directed by Rob Savage. Um, or Savage. I'm sure it's Savage, but Savage That's sounds good. better. Oh, uh, just just to, just to kind of go off topic for a second. Um, Isabel was talking about um boys the other day, and she I was like, God, I bet it bet it fucking reeks of Lynx Africa when you like when you get together with like your your boy friends, doesn't it? And she was like, none of them wear Lynx Africa. I was like, they try to push it though, aren't they? And she was like, yeah, but nobody'd wear it. I was like, so what what's what's the scent of choice? And she was like, oh, uh, that's sauvage. And I went sausage. And she was like, <laughs> what? I was like. Sausage, and then I showed her the picture, and she was fine. Sorry, you just—it reminded me. Go on. Brilliant. I wear the same fragrance as sixteen-year-old boys. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking as you were saying this, I was thinking, don't do it, don't do it. I've never smelled it. I'm sure it's beautiful. It's really nice. That's the thing. Anyway, <laughs> Ian's question life now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ian. Slightly. I—I I don't know. I'm down with the kids. I suppose that's yeah. nice. Fucking hell. Um, so, yeah, host. Um, so, stars, uh, Hayley Bishop, Gemma Moore. Uh, ah, my ah, my phone's just gone fucking mental. Um, I had the cast up a second ago and it's gone. Ah! Caroline Ward. Thank you. <laughs> uh, who else we got? Celine Baxter. Uh, and Redina Randover. Very good. So, this is 
uh actually in full disclosure as well rob savage uh is a friend of brad's who's obviously a friend of the show um but this thing's been blowing up twitter all weekend and it kind of feels like something that's not necessarily putting a spotlight on it there's plenty of people talking about it but you know so uh take what i say in particular with a pinch of salt but mark and becky don't um have uh, as much of a connection to to rob i barely have a connection to the man um even though i talk about his dog on twitter quite a lot his dog potato is the best um so this is a film set entirely on a zoom call it's like you're unfriended and whatnot but it's set in the time of coronavirus and uh some uni friends have gotten together and uh they are doing a seance one of them doesn't take it very seriously and shit goes south quite fast becky what do you think of host um I I really fucking like it. To be fair, I um obviously we, we we all watch a fair amount of horror um and I think there's a certain amount of desensitization that happens when when you watch that many horror movies um that they just stop kind of getting to you uh this this really I found it really scary like there was points where I was like that kind of tense that I was like it, it made me feel kind of emotional like if if I had to have an outlet for my emotions right now I'd probably cry I'm not scared like it, it sounds stupid but I just I found it really really fucking scary um which is great because that's what it's there to do it's a horror movie um I I would be hesitant to see this in a cinema as much as it would be great to watch it with other people also being scared like I wouldn't want to embarrass myself. There was a there was a number of points where I was like <gasps> about it, wasn't there? Yeah. It was yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It was really, really good fun. Really good fun. And do you know what? To say that it was all done as like a Zoom call, although who in their right fucking mind would sit and do a seance in a dark house on their own? You just wouldn't, would you? <laughs> I I I I've done Ouija boards before. Bloody millennials. Bloody millennials <laughs> doing their fucking Zoom seances. Um, we, I don't know we're millennials. No, fuck up. Subscribe to that bullshit. I don't recognise your bullshit. Coordination. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gen Zers. We'll, we'll we'll fuck up. We'll shit on Gen Zers. Um, yeah, I'd 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 I wouldn't I I might do a seance in a group just to kind of see what happened at a push but absolutely fucking not in a house on my own no fucking way and that girl's ironing board falling over all the time she should have fucking <laughs> put that somewhere else shouldn't she silly bitch that's yeah. just there to scare her that's, yeah. just, that's just asking for trouble just asking for trouble yeah um but yeah no i thought it was really good and i think what was what was good was like the scary bits a lot of it was like something grabbing someone from off screen so you just kind of saw legs flying out of the way and not actually what had grabbed them it was you know they didn't have to kind of have a monster as such because it was just the effects on the people i think there was only one point where you saw it and i think Mm. that was when it was teddy was it yeah yeah but like the bit where his fucking girlfriend gets grabbed and like raised up in the air like she's hanging that was that was i mean he it felt like he really copped for it despite not like being much of a part of it. He had a man bun as well. He did have a man bun, yeah. So there we go. Um, I need a vape pen. So fucking. Oh god, that creepy fucking music box. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, never have a music box. Porcelain dolls, music boxes, just never have them because they are bound to get haunted. So yeah, that was my thoughts. Really loved it, and I, I, I will watch it again because I want to, I want to look for more without just being scared. <laughs> Nice. nice. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Mark? Yeah, I, I really liked it. It's really effective. Um, it, it, it's it's freaky. I I don't think I get watch a lot of horror, but I don't think I ever get really desensitised to it. I'm, I'm very easy to scare, and I, that's, I think, why I really like horror movies, because I find them easy to scare, and it, I like that, that, that I get scared easy by them, but I jump out at them. I don't, that even a bad jump scare still gets me. Oh, I love even, a bad jump scare. Even if I know it's coming, I'm still there going... Oh no! Don't fucking do it! Don't fucking do it! That one in fucking sinister, sinister where she stood yeah. behind him gets me every single time. No one in sinister that gets me is the one where he goes through the um, lock hatch. Ah. Uh, it's just there. Oh yeah. no! It's it's when she stood on that fucking chest of drawers behind him and the camera pans round and she's just there over his shoulder. Ooh. So I I I, I like that. Um, I, I was a little bit apprehensive at first because I've not got on as well as uh, as you two with like things like Unfriended and Searching and things like that. These set on a screen movies, mm. um, but it it's ballsy to do this and not try and pad it out to like seventy minutes. Yeah, you know, to not add another fourteen minutes and go, we can do this, we can do this. It's very much it's it's as lean as it fucking needs to be, and I I, I dig that about it. it the only way they could have padded it out, though, was to pad out the beginning. Yeah, and, and, um, and, and because... by that point, you'd have been... I, don't know, I, just, don't, I, I just... You... You never get long enough. You automatically open up with going... You're concerned about these characters. Mm. But you never get to... You don't get to spend too long with them that you can actually start to go, well, I hope that fucker dies. I hope that fucker dies. And a little bit the uh, the yeah, Gemma character, you do kind of hope she dies a little annoying. bit. But I think you're supposed to hope that she dies a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought, just just to... While I remember, I thought it was magnificent that it just fucking ends on that your free Zoom call has ended screen. That was brilliant. Love that. Seen yeah. that screen so many times over the last few months. Yeah, I, but... <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I really liked it. It's it just such a... Um, I think like we said about um, Phantasm when we reviewed that, um, it's it's clever filmmaking in, in a sense that um, it, it, here it's right. Rather than having an idea and then making it happen, it's having limitations to what you can do can sometimes make you so much more creative with what you can do rather than having unlimited ability to create mm, mm. means that you're actually losing creativity because you can reach for everything uh, and i think that that's that's what's happened here is right how can we what can we do how can we make this scary how can we do this what can we do here and those limitations are used to its advantage. Yeah. There. Definitely. In the fact that you never feel like it's limited. It always feels like it's it, it's telling the story that it wants to tell. And it's getting the scares and it wants to get in. It, within what it can do. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it's such a clever film. I think what's good as well is, obviously, it, it has to, because of those limitations, it has to rely very heavily on the performances. Um, and their, their fear was really kind of it felt really genuine mm. and that that kind of it sucks you in same as like i said with um when we were talking about it i think 
then being scared is more scary than what's going on. Yeah. Ian, what do you think? Yeah, it's yeah. a really good way of putting it. That. So I mean, it, it's um, yeah, yeah. I, I I I thought it was really impressive. I've, I've seen it twice now. Um, so I I I watched it on Friday and then I watched it with with Donna on Saturday. First horror film she's seen in a number of years. So um, that that was interesting. She had a she had a ball with it as well. Um, it's as tight as a duck's ass. Um, you know, wouldn't cut a second from it. Um, but wouldn't necessarily add anything either. Um, you know, I mean, like you say, Mark, you could add more and kind of make the characters more sympathetic and whatnot. But there is also an argument for what's the point? Yeah. You know, um, it, it's I like the way you run the that... risk of, of 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 making them more in trying to make them more sympathetic, making them more simpering, and mm. I, I think it straddles that really well and gets the balance of it really well. Do you reckon it'll be one of those that in, in a few years time though when when we've all collectively just denied that 2020 happened and it's talking about like masks and staying apart and all this kind of stuff and we'll just be like that was a crazy time yeah i, I don't know it, it, but i mean it gets the whole we're all like kind of like by ourselves as much as you're like together with people online you know the fact that when all this stuff happens they can't like they can't really help each other like Gemma goes to help out um Hayley and you know there there is a little bit of them kind of together at the end which is nice but you know that the whole you know they're making jokes at the beginning about like kind of like oh I broke that lockdown oh I'm gonna tell on you blah 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 but when things get serious it's like they don't really have anyone else to help them um mm. I will say the second time round, I think I just in terms of looking for stuff in the background, I think I made a mistake of not looking for stuff towards the start of the film. Apparently, there is stuff before the seance begins. And I okay. was just I, I was just assuming that it, it would only really kick in when the say like when the demon is let in so maybe there's an indication that it's there beforehand i i, I don't know um but if it back so if you do watch it again that's something to look out for um mm. it, it but yeah i mean it's i think it's really interesting i mean the fact that it was it was constructed basically in 12 weeks um and the way that it plays like a insanely contemporary piece of horror like socially aware horror filmmaking but also has a really nice way of just doing a grab bag of scares particularly yeah. in the second half of the film you know and there, there's an awful lot of stuff that they're that that um rob savage and the, the writers Gemma hurley and jed shepherd are, are throwing at the screen here and it sticks that that's that's the thing you've got the going up in the loft and looking for the, the scary stuff i mean i take it you guys saw the the feet dangling when she went yeah, up yeah. The, yeah yeah um which was which was cool i like the way you know you see it one way you don't see it the other way it doesn't make it doesn't pay attention to itself um mm. but then you've also got really fucking interesting ideas like the that that zoom background repeating yeah yeah and, and their kind of dawning realization of what they're seeing and then just the sudden like her hitting the camera brilliant the the fucking mask face thing was that emma yeah yeah that that her her little section 
was probably the scariest for me with the mask and then she she fucking like throws the flower and then the footprints and then oh my god when she throws that fucking sheet and it lands on something i honestly it, it really got me that bit because it, it was so close to her as well yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it, and, 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 and i watch it again you know <laughs> And th- th- this is the thing. It's like you you look at uh, the Invisible Man earlier this year, and you've got the bit where she chucks the paint over, and then you 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 see him there. It's it's a similar scare, but a just like how close it is yeah. is like it is very very scary. Um, the fact that you, you know with the Invisible Man, there, there's a sense that for me there's a sense that there's going to be something there it just happens quite quick and uh, the, the, the edit's good there um but also just the lo-fi nature of it like it's yeah i was gonna agree yeah incredibly impressive that this all happened and you know savage um like wasn't on set with any of them he was directing entirely through like video call and whatnot Mm. um a lot of the effects were like were basically i I believe anyway they they were told how to like kind of do all this stuff basically and um and then obviously you've got some computer uh imagery going on as well um but yeah i it, it just it's got it's got things to say specifically about the last few months which i think are interesting it's got some really really good scares and it gets the fuck out of dodge mm. um um, yeah, I mean, it, I, 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 a really genuinely impressive bit of work. Yeah. And the fact they're working with Sam Raimi next is fucking like, <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, that, that that is that is going to be something. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, I, I think it's a cracking time, and congratulations to everyone involved for the for the attention it's getting. You know, it's uh, yeah, really strong. I think just back onto what you were saying before, I think with Invisible Man, that kind of, that Hollywood sheen creates like a certain sense of unreality and a certain distance from it. Mm. This being, you know, their internet being laggy and and the whole like, oh, you know, I I didn't didn't know what you said. And like, it was like a real Zoom call that that lack of polish made it more relatable. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it, it, it does, you know, there's an element of feeling like you are watching actual people. And I mean, like that, mm. the the way the Zoom call thing comes up, like saying like you got a minute left and then the Zoom, the, like the call ends. I mean, yeah. if, if this was done via Microsoft Teams, then it would it would be much longer and it might be worse as a result. Um, <laughs> you know, but the, the fact that they're, they're, you know, they've used Zoom and it's so realistic to Zoom and the credits at the end as well. Uh, yeah, yeah like just a really nice um touch i mean for these kind of like on-screen horrors unfriended dark web and this are like my two like i like unfriended but unfriended dark web mm. nasty fucking Does bit of work fuck? yeah yeah i don't like that you don't like that no i didn't i i, I fully checked out with that one i think you should give it a rewatch to be i'm fair. not going to mm. Is that, the one, is that the one where he gets killed because he stops? He, he basically decides to stop on his bike in the middle of the fucking road rather than the path like a normal person. <laughs> I think so. Yes, it is and that. Fucking Russell Crowe runs him over, just going <laughs> and oozing fat out of his paws. Yeah. 
just fucking throws a big gulp shake out back at him. Thing is, at least like John Goodman when he's hulking around being John Goodman looks like he's clean and he wouldn't be sticky. Russell Crowe when he's doing his John Goodman looks like he's it smells a bit. John Badman. John Badman. And j- j- just on an inch, one second, we forgot to mention the uh, the line "How's this for a courtesy tap?" at the end. <laughs> Brilliant bit of work. Um, but no, yeah, it's um, yeah, I. Uh, well, I kind of just ended there, I think, really. It, <laughs> very, very um, good bit of work. Really glad they're getting the attention they deserve. And, uh, yeah. It definitely not one shot of the dead-esque to me. Like, some of it's just come out of nowhere and he's just fucking magnificent. It, it, it's nice when something is getting all of this buzz in, in the horror community. And then you watch it and you go, all right, yeah, fine. Yeah. Fine with that. Because... Seven out of ten, eight out of ten times with these things, you watch it and you go, ah, is it crap that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was quite happy with that. It's definitely not shit. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Really effective. Yeah. How was the poll? Definitely not shit, 86%, and uh, touching cloth, 14%. Oh, that'll do. So I'm quite good with that. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, moving on. Mark, Bex, what have you been watching this week? Not a great deal this week, have we? No. Um, We've been watching a lot of Sons of Anarchy. We have been watching a lot of TV bits this week, uh, which is very bad of us. Um, but we did watch uh, Interstellar on, the, uh, on IMAX. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, we're going to do the uh, commentary that we're doing this week is Dark Knight Rises, isn't it? Yes, it can be. Yeah. Or Interstellar. We're going to do one of them, aren't we? <laughs> we're, we we want to we want to play with time a little bit, as Nolan is wants to do. So uh, I don't know. It's up in the air, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, what do you think of Interstellar on, on IMAX, Baxter? Um, it's. I mean, I. I... I said to you before we went in, it's not it's not my favourite Nolan movie. Um, it's possibly my least favourite Nolan movie for various reasons. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed it on on rewatch. It's a lot better than I remembered. It was good seeing it on IMAX because I think the scale of the movie lends itself to IMAX. Mm. Um, there are certain bits that irritate me, but that's I think some of them are intentional. Like the um, Anne Hathaway's character being really fucking insufferable. I think she's kind of supposed to be. Yeah, she is. Um, I think she, she's supposed to be an academic that's only ever grown up with with academics um, and often around male academics. So she, the way that she asserts other people that she doesn't see as on her intellectual level is she comes across as. A bit of an arsehole to them. It wasn't the bit of an arsehole bit that annoyed me, actually. It was the fact that she's supposed to be an academic and then she's totally led by her emotions. Yeah. And it, it, she's a bit fucking pathetic and wet with it. Because, because like a lot, a lot of academics, she it, 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 all the intelligence in the world, but no actual little social skills. That's what she's supposed to be. Mm. So, yeah, so she, she still annoyed me, but less so as it went on. Like, she got mm. less annoying. I think after 
they just weren't going to uh, fuck Buddy's planet and they were going to Mam's instead. She got less annoying from that point onwards. Yeah. Um, and I know you think I'm stupid for it bothering me, but that do not go gentle into that Dark Knight thing being over and over it's again. Said it's said three times. Not said three times. It's, it is said three times. I counted it. It's said three times, and it's because it's supposed to be inspirational and then becoming the ramblings of mad men. All right, I get that, but it annoys me. But you... You, you, you let it annoy you because you decided it annoys you. No, it, it just annoys me. Right. Um, but yeah, um, little gripes really against the um how good the film itself actually is. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still it, it's not his strongest, but I liked it a lot better for seeing it again. What is his strongest out in your? Give me a minute. I'll have a look because there'll be ones I've forgotten of him. You um, it looks amazing in, in IMAX. I was quite um, taken with how much of it isn't just because you'd think with in a sorry in IMAX it would just be the the big space bits would be um, you know the big it's not as much set pieces I suppose within this movie but the space bits would be the bits that would be in IMAX but it isn't. There's a lot of the emotional beats mm. are in IMAX. So Murph running out of the house to giving the, the speech where she's trying to get him to stay that's in IMAX. And her running out of the house is in IMAX. Mm. You know, the there's so much more in in that than you're expecting. Uh, that it's not just right. Here's the action bits on a bigger screen, and then anytime anyone's talking, we'll bring it back down to standard screen format. Mm. It was still right. Fuck it. You know, we want to get this bit across. Bang! Here you fucking go. Um, and I thought that was pretty fucking cool that we had that you had that that level of it there that mm. no one wasn't just interested in. Look, here's space, boom! It was look, here's this bit. Um, yeah. I think when so I think it's if it grabs you, it's got you. Yeah. I, I think there's there's bits where I think if it's not quite grabbed you as it goes towards the end, you can start to go, all right, what's going on here? Whereas I'm very much like, oh, I'm fucking loving what's going on here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. It, I think it's spectacular. I think it, for me, it might be his best film. So back to your question, I could probably only narrow it down to a top four. That dog is fucking huge. It's massive. What well, top four? Yeah. Of ten films. <laughs> yeah. Because they would they would all swap places. So Inception's great, Prestige, uh, Dark Knight, and Memento are all ones that I really love. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, what have you watched anything on your phone? Oh, probably I've fucking letterbox not working, and I rely on that. I go right, brain, you don't need to remember that anymore because letterbox got it. And and because, because letterbox is down, you can't remember. No, we I've, I've watched um, the majority of what we do in the shadows with Isabel, and she is finding it fucking hilarious. Nice. So, nice. That she very much liked the cat thing. Oh, oh god, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, she we, when we started watching it, she was just like for a solid like quarter of an hour, she was just sat behind me, just giggling to herself. Um, when they're doing like the introductions bit. Uh, and the other bit we we watched um is Disturbia. Yes. We decided to <laughs> watch Disturbia. Who's the um, love interest in that? The love interest in that is generic blonde number Sarah, four. Sarah um Roma. Oh, she's been in things. She yeah, has been yeah. in things. She was also in Risk Cutters, a love story, 
The Grudge 2. Um, and some TV stuff. And Carrie Ann Moss is the mum? Yep. Yeah, okay. And um, David Moss is David the bad Morse. guy. Yeah. Um, it's... I, I, I enjoyed it because it is, it's it's very early Shia LaBeouf, and I, I enjoy all um, genres of LaBeouf. Um, <laughs> Falling by his proper name. The beef. Um, but in this time, he is... You can see... There's a meme doing a thing at the moment, which is... Um, not a meme as such. I, I got a question during the rounds on Twitter saying, what uh, what performance from somebody um, did you see that's really early in their career that made you go, that person's destined for stardom? Mm. And Shailabuff <laughs> in Constantine comes to my mind in that. Yeah, that's right. a good shout. Because you're looking at it and going, he is so charismatic yeah. as a performer. And he is in this. He's... You can see why they picked him for Transformers. Mm. Because he is fun, he's charismatic, he's got a great patter to him. He he has that ability to to chatter and there's there's something there's definitely something there. It's it's too long, this mm. movie. Um it, it it could be ten, fifteen minutes shorter. It goes too batshit at the end, but not batshit enough. Yeah. So it's not quite crazy, but it's like, wait, they've gone down at the basement and then down to another level that's flooded. What's what's going on? Why not? Basement, 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 basement. Yeah. It's like how many different fucking lower levels has this house got? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I I actually I quite enjoyed it, and I'm actually thinking about watching Eagle Eye, the uh, DJ Caruso movie that they made after this uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah. I'm doing a bit of a beat off. A beef off. A beef off. Yeah. Or doing a beat off. Beef off. All <laughs> oh, right. Doing a yeah. beat off to the beef. I mean, I, I would. He's a handsome man. He's not really, is he? Yes, he is. I disagree. Yeah. Um. He he's still somebody I'm very I, I'm very much pulling for Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> and I always have been. Shouldn't have done that fucking shite Indiana Jones movie though, should I? No, but no. No, no one should have been involved in no that. No one should have been involved in that. I actually quite like Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Um, of course you do. <laughs> Ian, what have you been watching, bud? Um, so I've had a bit, uh, yeah, a bit of a mixed one, actually. Um, rewatched um, Fallout after you guys talked about it last week. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, hell of a it's a hell of a film is Fallout, isn't it? Like, duh. Pretty um, good. Sorry? Pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, for me at this point, the best Mission Impossible film. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think the Macquarie's and the original are pretty high up there, to be fair. Um but yeah, it's a hell of a film. Really, really looking forward to the next one. Read last week that uh, they're wanting to blow up a over a century old bridge <laughs> in Poland for the new one. That. And yep. it's like, blow that motherfucker up. Let's go. Um, <laughs> they've got permission. Yeah. Oh, they've got the permission. Brilliant. They've got permission. Yeah. But then, like, locals are complaining. Yeah. The thing it here. And the guy is... that's given permission is like, 
But it's not like an ancient monument or anything. It's just a disused fucking derelict bridge. Yeah, it, we can use the money from the shoe to build a bridge that works. Yeah, no one uses this bridge. It's not no. like a bridge, what is it, that anyone goes to. They're just being sniffy about it. But they're being sniffy because they're going to use the money to build another bridge and they don't want another bridge. Right. Blow up the bridge. Yep. Yeah. Blow it up. Um, yeah. I, I, the only thing now is that we're going to watch this one it's going to be like, but I want to see Tom Cruise go in space. And we know that's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Fallout, it's uh, it, it's fantastic. Um, I really like Sean Harris is like the, the, the lead bad guy with supplemental bad guys. You know, um, that's 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 brilliant. Um, His reaction in the car. Yeah. Uh, when the when it first gets pulled off. Is brilliant. The fact he doesn't say anything. He just what? I went for a pee. I don't care. Uh, the fact that he doesn't say anything. He just kind of looks at him. As like, and then later on when El, you know, it's Elsa. He's like, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's a really good performance. That's the thing. It's like he keeps it all kind of in and then Henry Cavill as soon as he's revealed to be the bad guy is like properly like I'm the bad guy and these are my reasons and you're a dick Ethan but and whereas Sean Harris is more just like I'm going to kill you and I'm going <laughs> to make everyone you love suffer yeah it, it, it's I, I love the contrast and I kind of hope that it keeps up in, in the next one hopefully the next one still hits next year we shall see um but yeah, I uh, watched the Simpsons movie for some reason. Um, it's fine. It's an episode of the Simpsons from 15 years ago, but it's an hour and a half long. It's got some good points. It's got some not it's, great points. Sorry? It's as good as a Simpsons movie was ever going to be. It's as good as a Simpsons movie was ever going to be, is what I think. Mm. I, I don't think... I think if they'd have made it 10 years earlier... Simpsons wouldn't have lasted as long as it did. If they'd have made it ten years later, it would have been an absolute car crash. Yeah, they they pretty much yeah, you're right. They pretty much got it in that perfect time for the Simpsons. Um, the, the, the episodes had started to become a little bit crap at that point. Um and then with this they managed to they managed to do what they needed to do with it. I, I you know I will say the simple visual gag of like impending doom and everyone in the church going to Moe's and everyone in Moe's going to the church is uh <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Um so uh I also watched um I watched two things yesterday. No, I didn't. I watched one thing yesterday. I'm halfway through Avatar. That's why I think I think I watched two things yesterday. Um, so yesterday morning, new episode of the Blank Check podcast comes out. They're doing Julie and Julia. I'm like, never seen Julie and Julia. Amy Adams is in Julie and Julia. Meryl Streep's in Julie and Julia. Don't yeah. know. I'm gonna watch Julie and Julia. And then we just watch Julia and Julia. So. Julia and Julia. Julia has lost all meaning now. Sorry? The word Julia has lost all meaning now. Because well, I've said it, it so much. Yeah. 
So Julie and Julia stars <laughs> Meryl Streep as Julia and Amy Adams as Julie. Um, it's based on a uh, like a, a real life woman who wrote a blog, uh, basically um, doing all of the um, recipes in Julia Child's uh, Mastering the Art of French Cooking uh, over the course of a year. Um, and it kind of tells her story intercut with uh, Meryl Streep and uh, Stanley Tucci um basically living life in france and julia child basically becoming the woman that she became famous for being essentially um it's i i I thought it was a really charming piece of work um amy adams i i I, i've got a penchant for amy adams anyway um and she brings her charm to the role uh, if anything, I think she's so charming that the arc of the film where she becomes narcissistic and it fucks off her husband. I thought I, I was just like, well, I'm so charmed by Amy Adams that I don't think she's narcissistic at all. You should be helping her more. So um, it kind of lost me through me just really liking Amy Adams. <laughs> um, and that's not, that's no fault. I, I don't think that's any fault of hers. I think that's completely my bias. What is also interesting is uh, after watching the film, I listened to Blank Check and they were talking about how the real life Julie, um, her follow up book was about her basically wanting to become a butcher and her doing that while also talking about all the fucking affairs that she had and how her husband was sleeping around and how they hate each other. And, uh, you know, apparently she's not the nicest woman in the world. It's like, wow. Wouldn't really have taken that from Julia Julia because she seems really nice in this, or at least I think she is. But apparently she's narcissistic. Um, Meryl Streep is having the time of her life. She is all about the ham and having a, a brilliant time. It's also a very, very horny film. And I love it. Stanley Tucci and Meryl Streep every now and then fucking just doing the like come to bed eyes at each other and you know having some kisses it's like yeah go on you two that's brilliant amy adams and chris messina you know she gets turned on by him enjoying her food and he gets turned on by her food and her brilliant um very very horny film there's quite a lot of like people getting down to it scenes and i'm here for it um yeah, I really enjoyed it. Very, very sad that it was Nora Ephron's last piece of work. Um, a very nice couple of hours. Nothing much more to it. But Meryl Streep is very, very, very good. She's not over the top. She's just playing Julia Child. Um, and always great to have Tucci in support. Chris Messina as Amy Adams' husband doing some good quiet work. It's well done. Uh, yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, very, very pleasant Sunday afternoon watch. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's me, actually. Um, I, I also uh, rewatched Interstellar. Uh, hell of a film. We'll talk about it in the commentary. The IMAX framing, fucking awesome. That one shot where it's on the ice planet and you've got the ice at the bottom and the ice at the top. Like, And it's just like zooming forward. Fucking amazing. Love yeah. it. Love it. And I'm all about Tars as well. Tars is a good guy. He's a, he's a great character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tars, to be fair. Case is pretty cool as well. Yeah. Who is? Case. Which one's Case? Oh, the other Tars. Yeah. 
Um, and I felt really, do you know what, right? That is how good this film is. Like, I know that I was kind of damning it with faint praise before, but that is how good this film is. That when you find, when you see um, Mr. Man, <laughs> his, his destroyed one, you're like, oh, he did a murder on that machine. <laughs> like, you feel really bad for Kip. Yeah. Poor Kip. He didn't deserve to go out that way. No, he didn't. His memory banks were fine. Yeah. Matt Damon's oh, entire character in that fucking film is a masterclass. Yeah. Like, he's an absolute douche bomb, isn't he? He's such a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. But I, I, I like the when fact he's that... like, I can't, I can't listen to you go through this anymore. And instead of going to help him, he just takes his fucking audio but off. I, I like the fact that he's, he's an admitted piece of shit and he's logicised it to himself. It's just like, it's like, this guy is that much of a prick that he has decided, no, I can logically explain this to, away to myself for why I am right. What a piece. Yeah. It, that that whole sequence though of like he kind of delivers what should be the death blow and he's like I'm with you like I'm here for you and it's like I can't look at this and he's walking away and he's talking to him he's like I'm with you, you can you see your kids he's like I can't do this either you know just those stages <laughs> of just utter you are the worst yeah you get it, it, it's great in the fact that they, that they kept on saying well He's brilliant. He's remarkable. He's the best of us. And then it turns out, no, he's the worst. He's the absolute worst piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, that, that, and just like his whole thing of just like, he just set up the whole, I tried to resist it as long as I could, but I had, to, I, I had to press the beacon. I had to ask for help. And it's just like, how fucking quick did he do that? <laughs> you get a feeling it was like maybe a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At best. Can you imagine though? Can you imagine your surname being man and being a bloke? You'd have to. You'd have to either like become a man of God or become a doctor or something. Michael Mann. So is he just? Has he got like an honorary doctor or something, or is he just literally no, Mister Man? I think. I think. Uh, I think he's a professor, Michael Mann. Professor Man, then. Yeah. That's all right. You could do that. But you couldn't just be Mr. Man, could you? You couldn't live your life as Mr. Man. I it could be a gigolo, so you could be Lover Man. <laughs> I mean, Ian's just cracked the code. So you've done yeah, it, Ian. Fair play, Ian. Fair play. Now that I've cracked the code, let's have some questions, if we have any. We didn't get any, no. Two mm. weeks in a row, people don't like us. Rick, are you all right? I, genuinely, I'm excited to worry a little bit. Not one for you. are you okay? Are you okay, are you okay Ricky? Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, so we've got no questions, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, so we gave you last week off, guys. This week, get your fucking shit together and ask us some shit. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> yes. What are we covering, Ian? What are we covering? Well, we're gonna we're gonna cover an American pickle, but the main event. Was dancing. I can't even. It's it's Ooh, David hard. A a week on Film Bastards, where we're going to be reviewing the Tax Collector. Damn fucking right we are. But that we're also going to do a retro review of Sabotage. Yes. Oh man, Inception's showing in IMAX. Yes, it. Yep. Sabotage. 
Yeah. Yeah, sabotage. Um, so look forward to that. You better add. What? Look forward to it. I'm going to G myself up now. Patreon.com forward slash film bastards. I'm going to do my surprise commentary at some point. I'm waiting for the right moment, but we are going to do a commentary for Interstellar. It is episode five Five. of uh, of Nolan chat. So I think we're going to mix things up and do Interstellar and then swing back round to Dark Knight Rises. Or maybe we'll do the Prestige or Dunkirk or Insomnia. Who knows? But we do know that we don't have a lot of time to fit in five films. <laughs> we literally have four weeks. Three weeks on Wednesday, sir. Three weeks on Wednesday <laughs> to fit in five movies. And it's not like any of them are under two hours, apart from Dunkirk. Insomnia, this is Dunkirk, The Prestige, and The Stella. Yeah, five films. Fuck. <laughs> um, so, we'll get it done, forward- Sorry? We'll get it done. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. We will. Um, I've got a feeling it's going to be down to the wire and we're, re- we're going to be recording the last one on the, the day before Tenet, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Weirpodsyndicate.com, uh, home of uh, the Iron sequel, Chin Stroker versus Punter, uh, uh, What's on Tap, his film, her movie, um, Entertainment Landfill, fucking uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. All good shows. shows. All good shows. Give them all a listen. Um, lend them your ears. Other than that, what a what an experience it has been. We have all been back at the cinema. We'll all be back at the cinema next weekend. What a treat. Stay safe, everyone. Wear your fucking masks. Aside from that, maintain social distancing and try and live your fucking life. Um, it's okay out there. Just be careful. Yeah. Um, Love to you all. Good night, Mark. Good night, Ian. Good night, Becky. Good night, Ian. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. No. What? Stop it. Becky doesn't like that poem. I do like that poem. That's why I don't like its overuse in Interstellar. It's not overuse in Interstellar, you're wrong. It's used, what, like twice? Three times. Five. It's used three times. It's used three times. Counted. I'm sure it's at least four. It's not. Mm. Bye. Right, when they go make food, what are you making? (laughs) Making homemade pesto, Mark. I made pesto. Homemade pesto. Oh, shit. I'm going to stop the recording right now. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.